Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 6, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The fame of Jesus by the time we get to chapter 6 and Luke is spreading. And there is a very diverse crowd of people following. There are sick people following him and touching him and they are healed. They are, there are lepers following him. There are people filled with demons following him. There are Pharisees and Sadducees and Romans and Gentiles and people who love him and people who hate him, all following him, people who are curious about him people who have been convinced by him and people who are committed to him, all following him. There's a very diverse crowd of people drawing together all because, watch this, of the demonstration of the power of God. And saints, please bear with me. I've said this before. I look around this room and I see a room full of diverse people. Look to your left. Go ahead, do it now. Look to your right. Ma'am, your right is this way. <laughs> That's a very diverse crowd of people here. Me personally, my own humble opinion, I think every church should be diverse. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. I think every, every church should be diverse. You study the Bible, you see even the book of Acts, you see a very, very diverse crowd of people. And I'm happy to say that there, and, and this church is full of people who come here because they're the demonstration of the power of God. Not that, you know, there's, there's healings going on or there's, you know, pixie dust coming out of the sky. I mean, I heard of this where there was a church where there was pixie dust literally coming out of the sky, gold coming out of the sky and filling folks' teeth. I'm like, where was I? I just paid my dental bill. Where was I? I just should have went to that church. But this is the kind of thing we hear. But I'm happy to say that people are coming here because of the demonstration of the power of God. And you have to understand something. Search the scriptures and watch this thread through scripture. Whenever the Bible talks about the power of God, the Bible is talking about the word of God. Every single time. So we learn that the power of God and the word of God are one and the same. People are coming to this church and this church has grown because of the word of God, because people are coming together to hear the word of God. Well, if you were with us the last time, you know that in the midst of all of these people gathering, Jesus pulled away from the crowd and he asked the father, he went into prayer and he asked the father who he should pick to be the 12. 
And so the father told him who the starting lineup would be. Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon called the Zelotes, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot. And then Jesus gets them away and he begins to give them, as I told you before, what sounded like the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. I told you that I do not believe that Luke chapter 6 is the Sermon on the Mount. I believe that, um, and I've given you four reasons why I didn't think that they were one in the same sermon If you're interested, you can pick up a CD copy of the last teaching in the bookstore. This morning, we pick up our study in verse 27, talking about the message of the kingdom. I've titled it, The Message of the Kingdom, Part 2. Matthew chapter 6, we pick up our study in verse 27. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. All right, some of y'all ain't looking. Verse 27, if you're looking at it, say amen. That's better. But I say to you who hear, are you listening? Jesus said, he he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Jesus says here, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Saints, would you underline that in your neighbor's Bible? (laughs) Go ahead. I'm going to wait. Love your enemies. And do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. And to him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise in verse 31. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, then what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive back. But love your enemies in verse 35. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. Did you read it? Hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Can the church say amen? Amen. For he is kind to the unthankful, And the evil, therefore, in verse 36, be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Were you with me the last time as Jesus earlier in this chapter, he was telling us that we are blessed if we are poor in spirit, that we are blessed when we are hungry for more of God, that we are blessed when we weep now because we will rejoice later, that we are blessed when people exclude you or when people don't invite you to happy hour, you are blessed. You are blessed when people talk about you for Jesus' sake. Jesus was making the point, the life of the Christian and the message of the kingdom is different than what the world will tell you. Don't you understand the whole Christian life is different than the life of the world. When you become a Christian, you should live differently. 
When you become a Christian, you should behave differently. When you become a Christian, you should begin to think differently and act differently. And some people even tell me they walk differently when they become a Christian. You see things different. Don't you understand? Being a Christian is about transformation. God transforms us. God doesn't, you know, some people say, well, this is just the way I am. Well, I'm this way and this is just the way I am. Well, yeah, that might be the way you are, but God loves you too much to leave you that way. Somebody say a better amen than that. Being a Christian is a change in your life. And I find it very hard to believe that, that, that someone becomes a Christian and there's no change in their life. We've all seen it. We've all heard it. Well, I gave my life to Christ, but there's no change in their life. They're still hanging out with the same people. Let me tell you something. Here's Christianity 101. When you become a Christian, you got to get new friends. I ain't share that with them first or second either. Y'all need to be glad you came a third. <laughs> Just for that little piece right there. If you don't get nothing else, get that. Get it, get it. Write it down. Get new friends. Well, I'm just hanging out with them because I'm, I'm going to lead them to Christ. I'm going to bring them to Jesus. And, you know, well, what, what, what you doing on Friday? Well, we going to the club. Wait, 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 wait. You're a Christian. No. Yeah, we going to, I'm going to the club. But I'm a witness in the club. Come on. Man, when you become a Christian, there's a change. And there's a transformation that takes place in your life. And you begin to live your life different. This is the message of the kingdom. You live a different life. I tell people all the time, listen, when you become a Christian, if you want to be happy as a believer, people ask me, Pastor Rodney, I want to be happy. How can I be happy? I tell them, this is how you can be happy. Live your life backward. What do you mean, Rodney? Live your life from heaven to earth versus from earth to heaven. In other words, study the word of God. If you're getting me, say amen. Amen. All right. If you're studying the word of God, you're learning the word of God, you're understanding what kingdom living is all about, what the message of the kingdom is all about. You start living your life based on what God has to say, and you make that practical as you walk on this earth. That will make you happy. God knows that. That's why he's given us the B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. Because he knows that this book, if you study this book, it will make you happy. Nothing will make you happy except knowing Jesus. Husband, listen, your wife cannot make you happy. There's an interactive bunch this morning. She said, yes, and wives, listen, your husband cannot, your spouse, look, here's free marriage accounting. Your spouse was not created to make you happy. Your spouse will go one step further. They cannot make you happy. Cannot. It's impossible. What do you mean, Rodney? I married them so they can make me happy. You're bad. Your spouse can't make you happy. Only Jesus can make you happy. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Only Jesus can make you happy. Only Jesus wants to make you happy. And he doesn't want you looking at your spouse to make you, to fulfill you. 
This is the problem. Therein, my friend, lies the problem. You look into your spouse to make you happy. Well, when they don't make you happy, or matter of fact, they might even just leave you. Well, then your whole world crumbles because you were looking to them to make you happy versus saying, you know what? My hope is built on nothing less. Jesus Christ and right in his righteousness, I will find my happiness and my joy and my peace in Christ. And if you stay or you leave my joy, which is something that does not change, happiness changes. Huh? But joy does not change. My joy will not change because you left. Because you left, oh my, my whole world falls apart. Stay or leave. I will stay with Jesus. I hope that helps you. Joy is found in the presence of the Lord. David said that. He said, in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures evermore. Only God can make you happy. You got to know what God has to say. Well, continuing to talk about the kingdom, Jesus says in verse 27, go ahead and peek at it, please, again. I know how painful it is to peek at this, but please do it. Love your enemies. Now, listen, of all of the things, give me your attention, of all of the things that Jesus commanded us to do, in my humble opinion, I believe loving your enemy is the capital letters, bold underscore the most difficult thing Jesus ever commanded us to do. Love your enemies. Really. I may not love God like I should, but I'm determined to try. I may not love my wife the way I should, but I'm working on it. I may not love my neighbor like I should, and I refuse to try. I don't know where that came from. If y'all knew my neighbor, you would know why. I said, I... Y'all pray for me. Please pray for me. When you think about me, pray for me. I'm trying to love my neighbor, but I just have this urge to take my trash can and put it in there. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I don't even know where that came from. Loving your enemy is hard. It's hard to love your enemy. It's tough to love your enemy. Why? Because they're your enemy. And if you could love them, then they wouldn't be your enemy anymore, would they? So it's tough to love your enemy. And listen, I do not care how spiritual you think you are. I don't care how saved, sanctified, filled, and thrilled with the precious Holy Ghost and that with fire. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't care how holy you think you are. I don't care if you carry a card to the Deeper Life Club. It is difficult to love your enemies. And even more, let's go one step deeper. Jesus uses the word love. The word love, you know, in the Greek language, if you're taking notes, you write this down. The Greeks have a bigger language. The English language, we have about 10,000 words. The Greek language has 60,000 words. That's why one word can have several meanings. In the Greek language, the Greeks have four words for love. They have the word eros, which means a sensual type of love. Then they have phileos, which means brotherly love. Storge, which means family love. And then agape. Agape is divine love. 
And it is impossible without the Spirit of God to love your enemies without agape love. This is the word that Jesus uses. Jesus says, I want you to love your enemies in the Spirit, the same Spirit that I have loved you. Now listen, I'm going to tell you something that is going to shock you out of your seats. Are you ready? There are people in this world who do not like me. I know, it's shocking. I'm just as shocked as you are. I really am. I can't believe it. You know, I heard this story, listen to this, of a knight and his men who returned to their castle after a long, hard day of fighting. How was the warfaring? asked the king. The knight said, Sire, I've been robbing and pillaging on your behalf all day, burning down towns of your enemies in the West. What? The king replied. I don't have any enemies in the West. The knight said, you do now. (laughs) You see, keep in mind now, keep in mind, context, context, context. Jesus is talking to a big crowd of people. And in this crowd, there are Jews and there are Romans. And many of the Jewish people hated the Romans. And they looked for the day when the kingdom would come and destroy every Roman. And so Jesus is telling the Jews to love the Romans, to love those that oppress them. Notice this, he is not telling them to fall in love with them. Jesus is saying, I want you to choose to love them. Jesus is talking about a loving action that is born out of choice. I'm going to tell you something now that is politically incorrect. Listen to me. Love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. If you knew that, I want you to clap your hands. If you knew that, that's most. So often we think love is a feeling. This is why marriages are failing. Because when you first meet them, they are the cutest things in sliced bread. That nose is so cute. I don't care if it's out to here. Pinocchio, you think it's, you think it's darling. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, I just love her. I just love her. Oh, I just love him so much. Or you see her. Oh, she's just beautiful. She's so fine. I can't stand it. Oh my gosh. Oh, she just love her, love her, love her, love her, love her. And I feel like I love her. And every time I see her, I get goosebumps that come all over me. And oh, we're running through the tulips. <laughs> and love is, in many people's mind, a feeling. Listen, love is not a feeling because I can tell you something. That cute little nose, give it a couple of years, won't be so cute anymore. Somebody say Amen. Y'all know what I'm saying is right. And all of the feelings and the goosebumps and stuff like that, it's just cold in the house. Get the heat up the place. All that's going. Love is not a feeling. There will come a time where you don't have the feelings. And then what? Well, now love becomes a choice. And that's why the Bible tells us in John chapter 3, verse 16. Do I need to have you write that down? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, the Bible says God loved the world. When God loved the world, listen, the world was unlovable. So we need to understand the love that God showed us was based solely on the choice of the one doing the loving and not the merit on the one being loved. Now I'm going to say that again in case you missed it. 
the love that God showed us was based solely on the choice of the one doing the loving and not on the merit of the one being loved. And so Jesus is saying, I want you to choose to love your enemies. And then in verse 28, then he says, I want you to choose, look at verse 28, I want you to choose to bless them. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who despitefully use you. Pray for them and don't pray. Listen, father, break their teeth out and cast them down to hell. In Jesus name, of course. That's just weird. Don't pray that. Now, again, listen, saints, this is impossible stuff. This is humanly crazy. Bless those who curse you. In other words, if a guy gives you the finger on the freeway, you should drive by him and say, bless you, brother. (laughs) I mean, honestly, is that your first reaction? If somebody gives you the (laughs) finger... If somebody gives you the finger on the freeway, listen, I'm sorry. I'm the pastor. I love Jesus. Don't judge me. Pray for me. But if somebody, my first reaction is not to drive up alongside, roll down my window, look over, bless you, brother. That's not my first reaction. My first reaction is follow them home. When they get out the car, run them over. And then back up, run over them, back up, run over them, back up, run over them, back up, and then take off. That's my first reaction. So this stuff is crazy. My first, you know, yesterday, you know, I hate it when God expects me to live what I preach. Just like, hmm. So I prepare this sermon. I'm reading. I'm yesterday. I'm all Thursday. I'm, you know, love your enemies. Bless those. Yes, yes. Bless those who curse you. Yes. Oh, yes. This is good stuff. They're going to be so blessed. I'm going to be blessed. And then yesterday, I kid you not, I go to Panera Bread over here in Apex, okay? And I go in Panera Bread. I got my day planned out. I've been studying the word. I'm ready for dinner. I'm planning my, my evening because I'm a planner when it comes to Saturday. So I'm planning my evening. I'm going to go to Panera Bread, get me a chicken salad with um, extra onions and pepper chicken. Why am I telling you this? And, and I'm going to get my salad and then I'm going to go home. I'm going to play with my puppy, eat my salad, read a little bit more of the word, go sleep. Wake up in the morning, spiritual, come church, holy, sanctified. (laughs) Okay, so I got this all planned out, okay? So I go to Panera Bread yesterday. I walk in. I'm standing in line. There's these two guys talking. They're kind of, sort of, but not really in the line. So I said, um, you guys, uh, you, you guys in line? He goes, no, 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 no. We're just talking. Oh, okay, okay. And the guy was standing in front of me. So we're waiting. It's all full. All of a sudden, this lady comes in. She comes and stands behind me. I see her. You know you can feel somebody behind you. She's standing behind me. And there's a guy in front of me, and I'm standing here. And there's a lady behind me. All of a sudden, one of the cashier opened. They were done with their order. The lady goes right around us, walks up to the cashier, and starts ordering. I'm looking at this woman. (laughs) And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, 
I, you know, in, in my in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I, I didn't. I'm thinking, should I say something? I, you know, I honestly felt like like the good the good devil and the bad devil. Well, I mean, the good devil. I mean, <laughs> I mean the good thing. I mean, the good angel, the angel. I felt like the good angel, the good angel and the bad angel. And the bad angel was saying, you know, you need to tell her about herself. And the good one was saying, no, just leave it alone. Leave it alone. You're a Christian. You know, you love Jesus. No, 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 no. She shouldn't get away with that. So I'm going back and forth in my mind. I'm going, should I, shouldn't I, shouldn't I, shouldn't I? And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. Something came over me, but I listened to the bad angel. I did. I did. I did. I listened. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have done it, but I did. So I walked up to the lady. I said, excuse me. I said, do you, do you realize you like cut in front of two people when you got in line here? That woman lost her mind. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.